are now listening to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. I am Alex Shane here with you, as always, with my good buddy Rich Hill on this amazing Thursday edition of the Friday Podcast, where we break down all things that will come in week 14 of the NFL. 14. The season is almost over, Rich. Don't know how that happened. It's still March the last time I checked. However, (laughs) on the plus side... There are some really important games this week from a Patriots perspective. Ones we'll break down in a minute, but it all kicks off this Thursday night with the Patriots take on the Rams and yet another must-win game. Rich, how are you feeling, buddy? You all right? I can't believe it's the final quarter of the season. Uh, I mean, I feel yeah. like it just started. I feel like Cam was crazy. just knocked out with I don't know COVID. What happened. I feel like I've been less invested in football. I've been less invested in life because it's just been a weird year all around. However, that does not matter, Rich Hill, because the last quarter of the season is when the true teams show that they're playoff ready, the pretenders go away, and the Patriots, as much as we counted them out during their losing streak, do have a shot if they can take care of business and keep winning games to sneak in late, but it all starts with a must-win game tonight. Yeah, absolutely. And like it, there, as you said earlier, there's a lot of really important games to break down, uh, and none of them will matter if the Patriots lose. If the Patriots lose and fall to 6-7, and seven, Nine and seven is just not going to cut it for the playoffs this year. They'll have just a minuscule chance, uh, and they'll be walking a tightrope for the rest of the year. So really tough challenge on their hands. Um, but, yeah, let's talk about those other games that the Patriots need to go their way. And I'm curious to get your sense on what you think will happen. So first game, uh, I'm going to go game by game here. One o'clock game on Sunday. The 11-1 Chiefs are on the road against the 8-4 Dolphins. Uh, the Patriots, you know, they have no real shot at getting, as a no real shot, they have zero shot at getting home field advantage, so it doesn't really matter to them if the Chiefs win or lose. Uh, but they do have a shot at getting that wild card spot uh, that the Dolphins currently own because the Dolphins have a tough finishing schedule. What do you think is going to happen in this game? I just don't see the Chiefs losing. It seems like if you're going to beat the Chiefs, you have to score 30 points. That seems to be the consistent factor in Chiefs' losses since Mahomes took up. And if you give Mahomes the ball back with more than 45 seconds to play with the game, he's going to win. And I don't think the Dolphins are built to score 30 points and hold on late. I don't see the Chiefs losing this one either. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, like this is a very good Chiefs team. They've been pushed to the wire a few times in recent weeks, but those have been divisional games, and those are always wonky. I, I won't hold it against the Chiefs that they were brought close by both the Broncos and they've lost to the Raiders because, you know what, the Patriots were put to the the brink by just the worst Jets team I've ever seen. So uh, divisional games are always weird. I, I think that the Dolphins will be outclassed here, but I, I do expect the Dolphins to put up enough of a fight for people to consider them a spooky team. Uh, but I think a loss is all that really matters for New England because then if the Dolphins fall to 8-5 and five and the Patriots win uh, and move to 7-6, and six, Patriots control their destiny at that point where if the Patriots can beat the Dolphins in their final head-to-head and win the rest of the games, they will leapfrog the, frog the Dolphins due to their head-to-head tiebreaker. Um, but there are a few other things that need to go the Patriots' way to truly have control of their destiny from the AFC playoff p- picture because there's a, a couple teams in between them and the Dolphins, and one of those teams are it's the Raiders at 7-5, and five, who will be hosting the 8-4 and four Colts at 4.05 on Sunday. What's happening there? 
That's a good question, Rich. I have absolutely no idea. Uh, the Raiders needed a last-second Hail Mary where the defense decided to blitz seven to win the game against the worst team possibly in NFL history in the New York Jets. The Colts have dropped some weird games. Phillip Rivers is Phillip Rivers. He's not a guy I'd ever rely on to win kind of these clutch games. I think the Raiders will bounce back and, and, and win this game, unfortunately. I think it's one of those games where the Raiders are kind of embarrassed by their performance against the Jets, and they'll rally the troops and, and get a win. Uh, on the plus side, that still could help the Patriots if the Colts keep dropping. I don't know. I think this game could really go either way, but I'm thinking the Raiders. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of picking the Colts here. I, I think the Colts have flown under the radar this season as that generic AFC South team that no one's talking about that is actually surprisingly pretty okay. Uh, Matt Eberfluss, their defensive coordinator, has the defense playing pretty well. Uh, and then while Rivers himself is not much to talk about, there is enough talent that they can go punch for punch with the Raiders while on offense. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that this Colts team is one that might sneak in and will continue to battle the Titans for the top of the division, whereas I think the Raiders are a little bit more of a paper tiger, and, and we'll see uh, if they're able to stay a front of the Patriots. Uh, but yeah, one other game, or I guess two other games, but one that's in between the Patriots uh, and the the playoffs are the 7-5 and five Ravens, who are on the road Monday night football against the 9-3 and three Browns, who are surprisingly uh, very good. Uh, what, what's going on there? Yeah, I, honestly, I like Cleveland in this game. Uh, they're at home. It's Monday night. I think they shut a lot of people up last week with a very dominant performance. And the Ravens haven't looked that good as of late. They have like 30 players on the COVID list, as we saw with Cam Newton and other, other Patriots. It takes a little while to get back from that. You're, you're not physically there yet or you're mentally a little cloudy, whatever the case may be. Sure, they've played well against the Cowboys, but the Cowboys stink. And it's not like the Cowboys weren't hanging around uh, earlier in the game. The Ravens kind of put it away late. So I can see the Ravens coming in, thinking they're kind of getting back into the groove of things and going to Cleveland and getting just the ball run down their throat, which I never thought I'd see. But the Ravens team, I think the Seth was the run, and the Patriots showed when they upset them a couple weeks ago. So I think Cleveland helped the Patriots out here. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of expect that too. I, I just want to say the AFC North have really benefit from playing the NFC East uh, just because the East is just atrocious. So the Browns, while they are 9-3, and three, they have a negative point differential, which I don't know if it's ever happened before in NFL history uh, that a 9-3 and three team has a negative point differential, meaning that they've allowed more points than they've scored. That just doesn't make sense. They're... they're like how they've actually performed is that of a team that is probably like four and five as opposed to, uh, uh, or I guess, you know, have, have a losing record. And uh, I think the way that they've won, uh, sure, they've beaten the AFC South uh, and sure, they've beaten uh, the NFC East, but they've lost to the Steelers. They've lost to the Raiders. Uh, and then they also lost to the Ravens earlier in the season. So the, the Browns, while they've been winning and you only can play the teams that are on your schedule, They've lost to the good teams, uh, but the same applies to the Ravens. Sure, they beat the Cowboys, and yes, they've absolutely done well against the NFC East, but uh, they lost to the Steelers. Uh, you know, they prior to beating the Cowboys uh, last week on Tuesday, they were, were losers of four out of five with losses to the Steelers, Patriots, Titans, and then the Steelers again. Uh, and as they're dealing with COVID, I expect this one to be kind of a 
kind of a grind of a game. Uh, it might come down to the sloppy last possession. Uh, but if, if the Browns win, I'm happy with that. There's no way that the Patriots will overtake them. I'd rather the Browns uh, stay in the wild card spot than the Ravens because I think that the Ravens have a better chance of pulling it together for a playoff run than the Browns do. Uh, and then also the Patriots need to leapfrog the Ravens. So I, I expect that the Patriots could get some hands from both the Browns and the Colts and be in that position to control their destiny if they're able to win out. Um, last game before we talk about the Patriots and uh, the, the Rams – Sunday night football, 11-1 Steelers on the road against the 9-3 Bills. Bills definitely control their destiny here within the AFC East, could win the division for the first time in about 1,000 years. Steelers just <laughs> lost to the Washington football team. How's that going to happen? How does anybody lose to a team named the football team? I just don't understand <laughs> how that's supposed to work. Again, look, like I said, good teams get upset once in a while. It's part of the game. It's part of it makes football really exciting. I wouldn't take too much away from the Steelers just playing badly. They had kind of laid an egg. Uh, I think that they're not a, a great, a great uh, 11-0 team or 11-1 team now. They're not like the 2007 Patriots. They beat some kind of crappy opponents, but they're still good enough to to beat the Bills, who I don't think have really, really been tested this way with like a really top contender in the NFL this season. Uh, Steelers come in, right the ship against the Bills, and help the Patriots out here with a win. Wow. That's a, I mean, not a big, tall order. I'm kind of counting on the Bills here a little bit. I, I think that the hmm. Bills, uh, like I, I don't want to trust them by any way, but I think that they are a fine team. Uh, you know, their losses have come to the Titans, the Chiefs, uh, and then to the Cardinals and like a very, very late sort of situation. So, yeah, while they haven't beaten a lot of good teams, they've beaten most of the ones that have come their way. Uh, I, I would personally like to see the Steelers win, but I, I think because the Bills are at home, I think that the Steelers uh, are also not as good as the record suggests, that they could have their hands full and this could come down to another last possession as well. Um, but, you know, what? that game really doesn't really affect the Patriots in their playoff position. The Bills kind of out of reach for New England. The Steelers definitely out of reach. So let's focus on the 6-6 six and six Patriots on the road against the 8-4 and four Rams for Thursday night football tonight. Uh, Alec, when you look at the matchup between these two teams, uh, you know, they last played in Super Bowl, was it 53, uh, where the Patriots won. Tom Brady, you know, went off to the sunset in New England. You know, we can pretend that last season didn't happen. Uh, won his sixth Super Bowl, uh, where this high-flying Rams attack was held to absolutely no offense whatsoever. What do you see when you look at these two teams now? Uh, is there any sort of consistency? Does that game apply to now? Uh, yes and no, Ritz. I think that game definitely applies to now in that if the Patriots are going to win, they're going to need to do very similar things. I don't think we're in a scenario where the 2007 or 18 Patriots, who were a slightly better passing attack than the 2020 Patriots, in that uh, the quarterback for the Patriots back then could complete more than four passes for 69 yards. Um, I, I don't see the offense of the Patriots doing that much against the Rams through the air. They're a very good secondary. And they're going to have trouble running the ball. The Rams have a good defense against the rush. So if it's going to be a, a duplicate of, of last time when the Patriots won, it's going to be a very low-scoring game. The Patriots defense, who's really come into its own these past few weeks, will have to stymie once again a, a potentially potent Rams passing and running game and score some points late or keep it really close and have one big player, one big drive. Maybe get a big game from the special teams again. But this is not going to be one of those, you know, 40 to 36 kind of games where both teams are scoring at will. It's going to be a low scoring grind them out game where if the Patriots are going to win it, it's going to be on the back of the defense. 
Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I, I don't think that this is a Patriots offense that you can count on, you know, winning in a high-scoring affair, especially as they're going up against this really good Rams defense, as you mentioned. So let's start talking with that matchup. This Rams defense, uh, of course they have Aaron Donald, future Hall of Famer, best defensive tackle in possibly NFL history. Uh, he's anchoring the middle. They have Leonard Floyd on the outsides, providing some of the pass rush. Uh, they have some rotational linebackers that are okay. Uh, that's definitely the weakness of this defense. But then their secondary is very, very good. Jalen Ramsey is anchoring down the outside, uh, playing opposite of Troy Hill, who's also very good. Uh, former Patriot. Uh, he had a cup of coffee with New England a few years back. Uh, and then a safety tandem in John Johnson and uh, Taylor Rapp, I believe. Uh, so they, they have a lot of talent in that secondary. And the Patriots, you know, uh, I don't know if you know this, Alec, not known for their passing attack this year. Uh, so I don't know if they're necessarily going to test this Rams defense uh, that has one of the best passing defense in, in the league, uh, you know, ranks number one in the NFL in passing yards allowed, number one in net yards allowed, number one in touchdowns allowed. Uh, they're a little bit weaker against the run, but still very good. Fifth in yards per carry. If you're Josh McDaniels, how are you attacking this Rams defense? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question, because if I'm the Rams and I have a good secondary that is significantly better on paper, at least, than the Patriots receivers in the passing game, I feel very comfortable leading most of my secondary on an island against these receivers and just playing to stop the run. And if you play to stop the run, you're stacking the box, you're going really big inside in the interior, and you want to counter that. I think it's going to come down to the toss plays and the quick screens. So this is going to probably be a big James White game. James White's my offensive X factor. I don't think we're going to run Damian Harris up the middle against this Rams defense if they decide to kind of not respect the pass the way it doesn't deserve to be respected and then just cram the box, especially with Aaron Donald in there. So if I maybe establish some running games early, but I do a lot of stretch runs, a lot of toss plays and quick screens, James White, some quick check downs to James White, maybe get Gunner involved in the, the bubble screen game. But I want to see a lot of quick high percentage passes to the outside that prevents the Rams defense on the front line from getting to Cam Newton too early. And maybe this is a game where they Cam calls his own number a lot more. And you kind of do a lot of kind of bootlegs and naked bootlegs to the outside. But if the Pats are going to win this game, it's going to be through the ground, how they always do. But not that kind of up the middle, run it down your throat, more kind of a finesse running game, which I'm not sure they're capable of doing, to be honest with you. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, this is a Rams team that has high, allowed 136 yards on the ground for their season high. Uh, and those came against the, the Cowboys back in week one, uh, as well as the Giants back in week four. So it's been a while since opposing teams have been able to run well against this this Rams defense. So we will see. I think the Patriots, and Bill Belichick particularly, has never been afraid at running up front in, against the top defensive linemen in the league. You know, he specifically would target J.J. Watt of the Texans, uh, you know, and I think that they would have comfortability doing that with Aaron Donald up the middle and using some of their size, whether it's Michael and Wainu, uh, or some of their tight ends with wham blocks to kind of spring Damian Harris to the outside where, you know, if he can get four or five yards a clip, that would be pretty good. That would keep the Patriots offense on schedule. I think where the Patriots need to try to succeed on offense is in not turning the ball over. Uh, you know, that's that's a well, very simple that's quite key. quite a tall order, Rich. I know. That's a very <laughs> simple key uh, that, you know, is winning football right there. But you you look at this Rams team, uh, and their, you know, three biggest losses, you know, against the, the Dolphins, 49ers, and Bills. You could throw their other 49ers game in there as well. Uh, the opposing teams either won or tied the turnover battle. And so if the Patriots can avoid a turnover, I expect their defense to be good enough to get a turnover or two. 
uh, and that'll really flip the field and put the New England in a good position to succeed. And so if Cam Newton can protect the football in, in a way that they kind of have been in, in recent weeks, you know, the Patriots have been pretty good about not turning the ball over. They have two turnovers uh, in their past five games, both of them against the Cardinals. So it shouldn't have been that close. If the Patriots can continue to protect the football in the way that they have, then you know what? They can have beneficial short field uh, when the defense forces a turnover. Damian Harris, Cam Newton, they can get, you know, a drive or two over the course of the game where they can put up points. And if they can force the turnovers, then they can really affect the uh, the Rams offense and make sure that they're not putting up 20 plus points. Because I don't think that the Patriots offense can put up 20. And this will be a, a, a low scoring affair. Is there any chance, Rich, that the Patriots decide to even try airing it out, knowing that the Rams are pretty stout against the run and the, the bulk of their strength comes from that that, 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 that ability to, to stop the run? Is there any chance they completely flip the script and just do like a zig when you, where y'all think we're in a zag situation and go three wide and have Cam Newton throw it? Yeah, I mean, that's going to be hard. I, I think that the Rams defense, they, they play very you know strong coverage in their secondary. They have a, a good defensive coordinator, defensive mind, and Brandon Staley, who does a pretty good good job of balancing some of the pressure and the blitzes uh, to provide that pressure so that the quarterback doesn't know where it's coming. I don't know if at any point we would ever say I feel comfortable in the Patriots throwing the ball, uh, you know, outside of that Texans game where Cam, you know, in the offense put up 349 passing yards. They've only surpassed 180 passing yards one other time uh, since the Seahawks game. Uh, so th this is not an offense that you would expect to air out to get over 200 passing yards. I mean, if I were to say Patriots over under 200 passing yards, I would come up as the under. Well, that's not a very crazy bet there, Rich. The Pats have exceeded 200 yards passing like twice all season. So really a way to go on a limb there, buddy. Um, <laughs> I'm with you, though, man. I'm with you. I, I don't think this is going to be an offensive display for either team. Uh, I think Thursday night football kind of stinks anyway, and that's going to go doubly so for uh, this COVID-shortened season and two teams that aren't uh, super ultra-potent. Uh, on the on the offensive side of the ball. However, Rich, if you're a defensive guy, this could be a fun one to watch, just like the Super Bowl is a fun one to watch. This Patriots defense going up against this Rams uh, attack, Pilochek knows how to do this. He knows how to take away your best weapon. They can beat you with your third, fourth, fifth option, whatever the case may be. How are you game planning for this Rams offense yeah so they have a very balanced team you know robert woods has 98 targets cooper cup has 105 josh reynolds their slot guy has 61 targets so they spread the ball out well you know their pair of tight ends tyler higby gerald everett have 43 and 44 targets respectively so they try to get the ball to everybody in their offense and if i'm the patriots i expect to just line up hat on a hat and try to win those different matchups. You know, I would say Stephon Gilmore should get that Robert Woods matchup just because Woods is such a dynamic receiver. I think he's very, very good. Um, and also because I think Cooper Cup moves inside and outside of the alignment. And so that's more of a Jason McCourty matchup. And that's how the Patriots have been utilizing those players. Uh, when it comes to Josh Reynolds, I, I would say that's probably going to be a Jonathan Jones call uh, unless uh, the Patriots are able to rely on J.C. Jackson. I, I expect Jonathan Jones to get that play call just because he's a little bit more of the you know big yards per catch kind of guy, plays in the middle of the field, and Jones has done a pretty good job in that area. Uh, where the Patriots would need some help 
I'd say Kyle Duggar would get the matchup against these tight ends, which is a pretty tall order because, you know, over nearly 700 passing yards to these pair of tight ends combined. So they rely heavily on those. So it'll be an active day for Kyle Duggar. And you'll have Adrian Phillips watching the running backs out of the backfield, Daryl Henderson, uh, Malcolm Brown, and potentially Cam Akers. So they, they definitely throw the ball to their backfield multiple times in a game. So Adrian Phillips will be busy. I think that when it comes to how do you approach it, stopping the pass is the most important. You would want them to run. You want them to take the ball out of the air just because they are a much weaker running team than passing team. And I think Sean McVay calls that offense, you know, Kevin O'Connell, their offensive coordinator. They love to get players open and in space. And so if, if I am... Uh, the Patriots, though, my X factor is going to be Kyle Duggar because I, I think that how he aligns against these tight ends, that's the big question mark where I don't think New England necessarily has a big coverage advantage. And so how he performs, big day for the rookie, will really affect how New England defense performs. It's so great to see Kyle Duggar coming into his own the second half of the season, you know, in a kind of an up and down year where we're really also looking towards 2021 and beyond with this team. Uh, Kyle Duggar really seems well set up to be a, a key piece in this defense going forward. Uh, and I'm really excited to see that. And I'm always happy to see he being an X factor anywhere. Uh, I think a lot of this is going to get won on both sides of the ball in the trenches along the offensive defensive line for each team, whichever one kind of holds up best has the best chance of winning. Uh, again, I like the matchup here. I'm going to go with Adam Butler as my X factor. If for no other reason than to keep giving him some love, he's had a phenomenal season. He's starting to draw double teams. He's got some new pass rush moves. He's really they're moving him around the defensive line. He even drops into coverage and some batted balls. I think Adam Butler has the potential to be an absolute disruptive force inside the lines today, uh, tonight, excuse me, and allow those linebackers to keep getting pressure. Adam Butler and Josh Uche seem to be a really nice pairing uh, as they move him along the interior of the uh, exterior of the line. And if Adam Butler can keep doing Adam Butler things and he forced Jared Goff to throw early maybe he'll throw Stefan Gilmore yet another gimme interception yeah I mean that's the the big key too is getting Goff off of his reads doing what the Patriots did in the Super Bowl and delaying what their defense looks like so Sean McVay can't tell him what to do uh Goff you know having a very average year but the the Rams are a good overall team so the the Patriots will definitely have their hands full they're eight and four for a reason uh, and so the Patriots have a must-win game here. Uh, Alec, if there's one surprise player on this Patriots team that, you know, we haven't talked about thus far or someone who hasn't necessarily carried the team as much earlier in the year, who would be your surprise player to really emerge? Because I feel like as the Patriots have had their resurgence in recent weeks, there's been a surprise player each time that has found a way to either carry the offense, carry the defense, and make plays that, you know, whether it's like a Therese Hall kind of surprise or that Josh Uche in recent weeks. Uh, who is your player that you want to watch right now? You know, Jacoby Myers asked, who's the player that you think is going to come out of the woodwork and be the Patriots star against the Rams? Yeah, I think I'll give you two answers. One's kind of like a quote-unquote boring one, and one's more uh, more exciting. Uh, I really, not even as a return guy, but I think Gunner has shown has mm. Gunner Chesky has shown some, some ability as a receiver. Uh, not only with his his first touchdown reception uh, this past week against the Chargers, but just him being on the field in certain packages shows he's got some 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 trust from the coaching staff. And I think he could be maybe the next kind of Julian Edelman shifty 
white punt returning receiver who's good <laughs> on the screens in the bubble rounds. And Belichick just finds these guys somehow every single year, every three years or so. He kind of has this factory of them. Uh, and I think Gunner's really starting to come into his own as a punt return guy, but more importantly, as a receiver. Um, I also really, really like what I'm seeing out of Jakob Johnson as a blocking fullback. Uh, you know, not only is he, he crashing the right gap, but he's also learning when to pass off his block to a lineman, depending on how the, the pass rush and the blitz comes, and move to the second level and spring Damien Harris that extra three, four, or five yards sometimes. So I really want to see him continue to develop, continue to read the blitz packages and read the defensive schemes after the snap, knowing instinctively where and where not to block and allow the, the running game to keep going. So Jakob Johnson on the ground and then Gunner through the air for me. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I think Gunner is definitely a good choice for that. Belichick always likes to reward players who stand out on special teams, giving them more opportunities, whether on offense or defense. And, you know, Gunner had that one target. He ran with it last week. So I think he has emerged as a good option for the Patriots, where if you can manufacture a way to get the ball in his hands, he'll make something happen. And quite frankly, after watching Akil Harry slog through this entire year, I think that Gunner gives the Patriots a little more oomph. Uh, when they're on offense. So I really like that pick. Uh, I'm going to go with Dietrich Wise. I know not necessarily an X factor in the way that I expect Kyle Duggar to really dictate the game. I think Wise has uh, an opportunity to take over the game with a few big plays. You know, he's kind of been a leader on this defensive line and on the edge with some of his pass rushing snaps where, you know, if New England needs to have a big, strong defensive lineman to set the edge and make sure that the run doesn't get established by the other team, Wise emerges, and he's done a really good job. And whereas I think, like, you know, the John Simons of the world have been relatively quiet this year, and I think New England's still trying to figure out what they want to do with Chase Winovich, Wise has been a model of consistency, and I think pairing him with Adam Butler could pay some serious dividends this week. Yeah, I mean, again, it's about the time, you know, Dietrich Wise and Derek Rivers were kind of those two draft picks that we were watching, hoping they'd develop and, and come into their own. And one of the two worked out, uh, is working out more and more. And I, I like that. But again, I think there's some really good pieces in place for 2021 and beyond with these young guys. And they're all starting to, to find their stride. And I think Matthew Slater, in an interview recently, said they're starting to find their identity as a team. And a little, little late for that this season, but uh, it can really translate over. And hopefully, hopefully Dietrich Wise will be one of those guys that can be that that, that anchor into the 2020s and beyond. Uh, Rich, if you have anything else to break down, we definitely can. Otherwise, we can do predictions. Yeah, let's go predict this game. All right. Finally, the hammer is back where it belongs on Team <laughs> Shane. I have not been able to pick since, uh, geez, like the Buffalo game yeah, uh, when did. I had the Bills winning. And I, I, I needed a last-second fumble to pick that one. So glad to be picking first here finally. And if the Pats are going to win this game, we talked about it, it's going to be a kind of a very low-scoring one, a lot of defensive stops, a lot of grind them out, and maybe one or two plays ends up deciding this one way or another. Maybe it's like a long pass for a touchdown or a fumble return. I think if you have one or two plays, you can basically dictate how this game's going to go. And they really could go either way. I'm going to call for the Patriots. Uh, I think the Patriots need this game more than the Rams do. They know their back's against the wall. They know if they take care of business on this on this game tonight, they can have a mini bye week to watch the rest of the AFC unfold and know where they stand come next week. But they have to take care of business first. I think they do that in a pretty low-scoring game. Patriots 20, Rams 14. Oh, wow. That'll be a good game. Um, that's a good one. I mean, so this is the Patriots' last non-divisional game of the season. They finished the year on the road at the Dolphins, then host the Bills and the Jets. This is a sneaky good Rams team, and it's very hard to win back-to-back -back games on the road on the opposite coast. 
that's my reason why I'm going to go with the Rams. Not because I think that they're necessarily a better overall team where they would win on neutral ground or they'd win in Gillette or, you know, even if they played this uh, on a regular Sunday where the Patriots aren't playing on short time uh, on the road. I think that this is a game where uh, the Patriots will be able to compete, but as always, as it seems like this year, in these close games, they struggle to close it out. Um, and, and so I, I think that the Patriots have an opportunity to score late in the game, but they won't be able to do it this time. The Rams will get a little bit of their, their redemption from their Super Bowl loss. And I, I'm going to pick the Rams to win this one 23-21. Uh, 23-21 Rams. All right, Rich. Well, again, once again, for the second week in a row, we one of us will be right. Come our next podcast, we break it down, which is nice because we were both wrong for a while. Uh, so maybe maybe if we keep picking opposite teams, I'll keep winning and the Patriots will keep winning. So we got to do our part any way we can. Yep, absolutely. Well, we will watch this unfold tonight. Crazy that the game is tonight. Uh, Patriots are on the road at the Rams, 8.20 p.m. Alec, do you have any final thoughts on week 14 yeah. of the NFL season? Yeah, I don't know what's going on. No clue. Where'd this time go? <laughs> well, until next time, Alec, you have a good one. You too, buddy. See ya. Later, man.